Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk podcast. We are so excited to review a beautiful, beautiful victory over Oregon with you guys, and we are very excited to preview our Georgia Southern football game as well. So get excited for that. Before we start, we wanted to give a quick little plug to our social media platforms. Hit us up on Instagram and on Twitter at Les Talk Pod, posting a lot of content, memes, a lot of interactive stuff on there. And plus, we need you to go on and participate in the fan vote, which we will be throwing up here in the next couple of hours. Also, don't forget to check out the website, lestalkpodcast.com, for Jared's amazing weekend watch guides. They're very important this time of year. BYU needs a lot of things to happen in order to get to New Year's Six, and if you're wondering what those are, Weekend Watch Guide to help you out. Absolutely. It lays out all the dominoes that need to fall. So without further ado, let's boo! Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Don't forget that strike! Let's back this bowler. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Let's go wild, Let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. Alrighty, well, here we are, and we are celebrating a, what's the word? What what would you say? Shellacking comes to mind? Shellacking, yeah. A uh, spanking? Booty walloping? Booty wallop, that's a great one. A, hmm. A curb stomping? A, a clowning? Yeah, clowning, that's a pretty good one. A schmangling. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a that's a very good one. An absolute utter atomic destruction. Annihilation. A nuking. <laughs> we nuked Oregon. Yes, we did. The poor little duckies are nothing but Okay. We're not gonna be too graphic, but <laughs> there's feathers on the ground. Yes, they are. Check out the video, the reel we posted to, f- to see what they became. <laughs> yes, it's very, very accurate. So BYU B Oregon eighty one to forty nine. Number 12, Oregon. Number 12, Oregon. That is a 32-point victory. (laughs) That is the largest margin of victory that BYU has had versus a ranked opponent in the AP poll era. Which is like post-World War II. Yeah. That's a lot of points. And holy cow, what a time to do it on national television, ESPN, Phil Knight Classic. BYU shows the world that they are a legit team. It was scary how the game went. Like, BY, and it wasn't, there was absolutely nothing fluky about it. It was just an absolute, just, I, I don't. Annihilation, nuking, schmangling, shellacking, yep. booty walloping. Rewind two minutes, listen to it. Yeah. It was insane. Um, quick box score, just to run through some things. Biggest thing for me, Alex Barcelo, obviously, mm-hmm. 25 points. He's still perfect from the charity stripe this year, which is crazy. Four of six from three, nine of 11 from the field. He doesn't miss. That's not bad. Nine of 11, I'll take nine of 11 all day long. He finishes the game with, what is it, 25 points mm-hmm. on the number 12 ranked team in the country. <laughs> he did not hold back. He played well. And it's not like it was like, oh, he had 13 points off of free throws again. 
No, this man was making shots left and right. Yeah. He was so good. You know who else was making shots? The first 10-point game of their career. Fusini Traore had his first <laughs> 10-point game of his collegiate career. Shout out to Fus. He was balling. Like, there was one play where they pass it to him on the elbow, and before you could blink, he had, like, thrown up this weird floater that yeah. just swished. And I was like, who is this guy? He literally threw it up from his hip. <laughs> <laughs> He's not playing like a freshman whatsoever. And his defense, too, is fantastic. There's mm-hmm. that one play where he gets knocked down, and the guy has the ball, knocks him over, right? And before you know it, Foose has gotten back up and just roofs the guy. The shot. <laughs> and that one play, he literally volleyball spiked that ball. He blocked it, and it went 15 <laughs> feet across the court. <laughs> it was so crazy. Right in the Trevin Nell's hands. He was like, oh, okay. It was, okay. And then the last guy that I really want to highlight um, I guess we could talk about Seneca Knight as well. Seneca Knight yeah. had a fantastic game. Incredible. The end of the game, like, he started cooking. You could see him in his, like, his the jump in his step. He was crossing people over, hitting step back threes. That Getting was more really comfortable. Pretty. He's good. Who yeah. is that guy you're talking about, Jared? He is the guy that if you would have told me who would be BYU's breakout player, he would have been the last guy. Literally the last guy I would have told you at the beginning of the season. Spencer freaking Johnson. Spencer Johnson, man. What a baller. That dude. Okay, let, let's be honest. The entire Oregon team was 30 times more athletic than Spencer Johnson. Mm, yep. You could see Spencer Johnson chasing people around, constantly one step behind. But then he never gave up. The Oregon guys got tired, and he was just going after them, going after them, being aggressive. You could see him trash-talking his brother, trash-talking everyone, hitting these random three-point shots with .2 seconds left to go on the <laughs> shot clock. Ball goes in his hands. He goes, okay, chucks it up. Three-pointer. Banger. He hit other three-pointers, playing great defense. He had a clutch block in the uh, Cleveland State game. Oh, yeah. Spencer Johnson is showing up, and he's playing well. He's playing so well. And like you were saying, I think the biggest thing for me He's not a liability on offense, which he was earlier. Mm-hmm. He's not turning the ball over. And his defense just blows me away. Yeah. He was absolute lockdown. Like you said, he was running all over, chasing, going over screens, under screens. It was amazing. Is Spencer Johnson the new Zach Selyus? <laughs> that hustle player that will randomly hit a couple threes every now and again that's just constantly talking trash and getting in the other team's head? Throwing like one touch, like quick stick behind the back passes to yeah. Gideon George. <laughs> I think he's our new Zach Selyus. I think he could be. One thing, he could never grow a mustache no, to save yeah. his life, probably. Mm, probably not. And he does not have a dad bod. But other than that... We can get him to bleach his tips, though. <laughs> Do you think... Okay, my friend Riley, who was on the podcast before he's been a guest, served with Spencer Johnson. Riley, if you're listening to this, send us Spencer Johnson's number. We will convince him to bleach his tips. <laughs> He's amazing. He played out of his mind. I was really blown away by him. But honestly, I, apart from Caleb Lohner shooting the ball, we had a fantastic game just top to bottom. <laughs> just casually took a slide at Caleb Lohner. <laughs> okay. Now, let's get this straight, okay? We make... Okay, I'm not afraid to call Caleb Lohner out of shooting because it's absolutely pathetic. But he is... One of the best rebounders on our team. Of course, He's yeah. such a mm-hmm. hustle player. You see him diving for balls. He's always, like, finding the ball on long rebounds. So, even though he can't shoot the ball, he is not a liability. Mm-hmm. I would have him on the court, and I wouldn't blink. I really hope he finds his rhythm, because this happened to him last year, too. 
He started out the year really rough, could not score for anything. And then all of a sudden, he didn't miss a three for like eight games straight. Yeah. So I really hope that he finds his rhythm again because we need him to score if we're going to end up beating Gonzaga, if we're going to end up beating you know, these really high-powered teams. I am very happy to see Seneca Knight finally get a shot under him. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that has multiple 30-point games in his career. Oh, for sure. This guy is a certified scorer. He's a certified freak. He is good. But he has not found his rhythm yet in our offense. Yesterday, which I guess we're saw on Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday night, he really found his rhythm, was playing in the offense, was cooking, looked like he was confident for the first time on the court. So that gets me very, very excited. Yeah, me too. He was a plus 23. Which is crazy. And just so you guys know, the plus minus for the people listening that don't understand that, mm-hmm. when you come on the court, it's 0-0, zero, zero, right? And then when you leave the court, you're either plus, like if your team, if you come off the court and your team's up by six, then you get a plus six, right? Right. Gideon George, plus 27. And then Alex Barcelo was plus 32, which... How much did we win by? 32. Huh. Huh. You wonder. Maybe <laughs> Alex Barcelo is like an integral part of our team or something. I don't know. I don't, beats me. I think he's kind of good. <laughs> Let's move on to a little bit of post-game analysis. I guess I'll kick it off. We look like we have a really elite defense. And I don't think I was ever going to say that about a BYU team ever. <laughs> but it looks like we really do. We held an Oregon offense that averaged over 80 points a game to 18 points in the first half. 18 points. It was not because Oregon was just shooting poorly. Foose and Baxter were monsters in the front court, getting blocks, contesting shots, taking charges. The backcourt was all up in Oregon's bills, making them uncomfortable <laughs> and forcing them into bad shots. Our offense woke up. I am very, very optimistic about our team right now. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree with you about the defense. It's insane. We were on ball all the time. The paint crazy good Baxter Foose and even Atiki Ali Atiki was in there yeah, playing he played well great post defense I think the biggest takeaway for me yes we have a good defense but also we just have a good team mm-hmm. like it's the first time I felt confident about every part of our about every part of our game like we did not show any weaknesses whatsoever nope. it's been a long time since I've seen that exactly I gotta correct you there our team is not good our team is great we have enforcers in the paint, a true score in Barcelo, scrappy guards in Gideon and Spencer Johnson, a true point guard that can also score in Tejan Lucas. We saw that, yeah. We had 33 points off the bench, so it's not <laughs> like it's just our starting five. 33 points came from off the bench. Wow. We have a an elite, deep team that can make a run in this year's tournament. It, it really is kind of scary, like, how well we played last night. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was like the verbal meme from the Simpsons and they're like stop he's already dead <laughs> it was like that stop it please <laughs> also before we move on to football one last thing about basketball and just about BYU sport in general Pac-12 needs to stop scheduling BYU <laughs> BYU certified owners of the Pac-12 yep we're the, the new commissioner entire conference yep sorry George Kleav 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 <laughs> we own the Pac-12 now Yep, Pac-12 South champions in football. Mm-hmm. We belong in the Rose Bowl. We just dominated Oregon, the number two team in their conference for basketball. So, just saying, the just Pac-12 saying. is uh, kind of a little bit booty. <laughs> also, Michigan lost. We're always happy to see that. Oh, you love to see it, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Seton Hall. Oh, applauses for Michigan sucking. Yep, we love that. Um, should we flip over to some football? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> 
football is obviously the sport that is, you know, still. It's it's number one in everybody's minds right now. CFP rankings came out on Tuesday, right before the basketball game. Any thoughts about that? BYU stayed at number four, 14. Baylor with the win, moved up to 11. What are you thinking? I do have thoughts on that. BYU staying at 14 said something to me. That the committee respects BYU. The committee is not going to drop BYU just because SEC teams won and you know Big Ten teams won and whatever. There were teams ahead of us, or behind us, sorry, that could have jumped us. Luckily, 16, 17, 18, like a bunch of teams in that range lost. Yeah. But there were teams that easily could have jumped us, and they could have said, oh, BYU had a bye week, they didn't play, whatever. Texas A&M could have stayed ahead of us. Exactly. But they kept us where we were because we didn't play a game, which is what we've seen with other teams that were ranked ahead of us. Right. So the fact that that they kept BYU at 14 is a good sign for me. Yeah. No, I really, I agree. Um, I think... Something that scares me just a little bit is that Wisconsin is at 15. Yeah. Because Wisconsin, and I know they don't play great teams coming up. I think they play Nebraska and Minnesota. Um, Not, the Minnesota game is feisty. Yeah. But that's what I worry about, right? Is If Wisconsin beats them, they could probably jump us, right? Yeah, but then if, if they beat them, they win the Big Ten West. They'll get blown out in the Big Ten Championship game. They'll drop below us again as a four-loss team. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, uh, basically... Other than that, not a ton happened. Everything stayed the same. This week is the big week. And speaking of big weeks, we have number 14 BYU, a 20-point favorite at Georgia Southern. Yeah, a 20-point road favorite is not something to sneeze at. It's not like Georgia Southern is a cakewalk team. They're obviously not great. They're not just some random FCS team. Right. They're a Sunbelt team that's played pretty well. They're coming off a win. Yeah, they just beat... Texas sub- Texas State. Texas State. Yes, yeah. they just beat the what are they? The Bobcats. Yes, <laughs> just beat the Bobcats. So shout out to Georgia Southern for that. Uh, should we start out with the uniforms? That's the most important thing. You know, we got to start out with that. So BYU going with the Royal Sitake. Mmm. They're comparing it with a with a uniform that Kalani Sitake wore. I'm gonna be honest. It's like it it, it it's a stretch comparing those two uniforms. It really <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. We're wearing, what is it, white helmets? Royal helmet. Oh, is it the royal helmet? White and white? White and white, yeah. Yeah, okay. Royal helmet, white pants, white jersey, the royal satake. I mean, the satakes had tan and were navy. And navy helmets, yeah. Yeah, so hmm, close, maybe. But, you know, (laughs) we'll we'll take an old pic of Kalani Satake with his, like, perm. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That that was funny. The uniforms, though, I like. I think they look cool. I think that's a very solid away look. Mm-hmm. As for Georgia Southern, so they're the Eagles, but they don't really use their mascot at all in their uniforms. It's very basic, just navy and white with numbers on the helmet. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing special there. Yeah, Georgia Southern isn't a school with a ton of resources to put into the football program, so you don't see them coming out with random jerseys here and there everywhere. Now, Georgia Southern kind of stays to their base, so expect to see them in some sort of navy jersey combination. Yeah, be interesting to see Royal on navy. Mm, we already know which one's better. So, <laughs> um, Looking into the game, Georgia Southern. So earlier in the year, there's that hilarious video of the lineman on top of the bus. As it's driving away, mm-hmm. somebody throws him a beer and he shotguns it on top of the, Yep, <laughs> Going to the game, mind you, like mm-hmm. two hours before game time. After that, they fired their head coach, hired a new one. But their identity hasn't changed very much. Georgia Southern just hired Clay Helton, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So which the old he'll start UFC next coach. year, but yeah, kind of weird though. Yeah, it's kind of strange. So like Jared was saying, they're not super great. Jared, uh, Georgia Southern is a three and seven team coming off that win. They run a triple option offense. That's their identity. They're like Georgia Tech. They're one of those triple option ride or die schools that has been running the triple option for forever. Had success in it. Had success with it in the past. So they'll just never give it up. They don't throw the ball a lot, and when they do, they do not do it very well. Yeah. Their quarterback was 7 of 12 last game. And now he did have like lots of big passes, but think about it. When you're running 90% of the time, that 10% the defense is not going to expect to pass. Yeah, so as long exactly. as we stay home, as long as we stay disciplined, should, shouldn't be too bad for us. They have a lot of good rushers just because it's a triple option offense. That's all you do. Their running back, Logan Wright, is their leading rusher, has 716 yards on the year. Which, just for reference, that's 400 yards short of Tyler Algier. So it's not like they have a super high-powered running offense. Like Jared was saying, their quarterback went 7 of 12 last game. On the year, he's 51.7% for 977 yards, two touchdowns, and nine interceptions. That is really bad. That is very, very bad. So, A couple weeks ago, Jaron Hall had nine touchdowns and two interceptions. So take that as you will. Um, I think it's really interesting. These guys are very much like Coastal Carolina, the offense they run, the focus on just controlling the game clock and keeping the other offense off the field. So even though they're not quite as good, they're not at the same level, supposedly, as Coastal Carolina. I think Coastal Carolina is highly, you know, extremely overrated. But it kind of will be a testament to, oh, we would have smacked Coastal Carolina had we had a full week to prepare for them instead of, you know, one day last year. Yeah, and I honestly think this year's BYU team is better than last year's BYU team. Ooh. I honestly am going to throw that out here. Um, we're more seasoned right now. True. Let's, and let's say we put Zach Wilson with this current team. Okay. Jaron Hall's playing great. but So I think we would still be really good with Jaron Hall. But throw Zach Wilson on this team. And I think we have an incredible team that would make a deep run. I, I don't think... If we have Zach Wilson... Uh, prime Zach Wilson, right, like yeah. 2020 Zach Wilson. Yeah, 2020 Zach we Wilson. We do not lose to Baylor. Or, no, we do not we do lose, not to, lose Boise, to Boise State. And the Baylor game becomes a whole lot interesting. We do yep. not lose by two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we win that game because they really did run yeah. all over our defense. They did. But I feel like we could have kept up a little more. Puka yeah. might have had like four touchdowns in that game. Yep. <laughs> instead of having to backtrack 10 yards. Yep. Anyway, getting back on a Georgia Southern game, we are better than this team. Mm-hmm talent, coaching, scheme across the board. So just keep your head down. Don't come in trying to blow them out. Don't try and do anything special. Just play your game and we'll win by 50. Absolutely. We are infinitely better than this team. They cannot throw the ball worth the rats. Beep. I expect us to figure out their run game. Maybe they'll have some success early, but there's only so many things a triple option can do. I think we'll figure it out. And once once we do, they will not be able to move the ball on us. So I expect a quite large margin of victory. I agree. And if you think about it, we are coming off a bye week, Mm -hmm. right? Two weeks to prepare for an option team is perfect. And if you think about us playing Navy last year, yeah. Yeah, that was... You can't see my face right now, but I am making a stank face because that game was ugly. Yes. Mostly just because Bill Belichick wouldn't get off the phone with Kirk. (laughs) I remember that. He was talking through like three timeouts. It was so bad. And he wouldn't even stop like during the commercials. He would just keep talking so they would come back on. Completely different part of the conversation. That was so bad. So bad. Um, But I don't blame him. We didn't give him much to talk about. 
Anyway, moving along yet again, we come to a massive, massive weekend of college football. Yeah, this is going to be a very huge weekend. This is probably the biggest weekend college football playoff implication-wise that we've had for a very long time. Because yeah. the past couple weeks have been kind of down. Yeah. This is around the time the SEC starts playing all their cupcakes. Which I hate. They should outlaw that. That's yeah. horrible. You should not be able to play cupcake cupcake games in November. Yeah, Alabama plays like three or four cupcakes a year. Come on. Yeah, not a huge fan of that. We have a huge game that Jared will be in attendance at. Yes! Michigan State going into the shoe to play Ohio State. It's really scary because I remember one of my worst memories is 2015. I'm at the BYU-Mississippi State game on a date, and so I have to try and keep myself collected, right? This little, like, 16-year-old, you know, trying to go on dates with people and super awkward, (laughs) you know. But I remember I'm at that game. Ohio State's playing Michigan State. Both teams are top 10. Ohio State was 10-0. Michigan State was 9-1. And And I, like, forgot to tell my date not to tell me the score or something. She's like, oh, look at that. Aren't you an Ohio State fan? I was like, dang it! (laughs) So I found out because I'd been recording. But Michigan State came into the shoe. Won seventeen to fourteen, ruined our our hopes of winning the Big Ten, of going to the playoff. And the worst thing about it, we gave Zeke our our by far our best player the ball twelve times. Twelve times, he's our best player, and he touched the ball twelve times. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Not bad. I could go on forever. Michigan State is a nineteen point dog. So Very surprising. Everyone is saying that Ohio State is going to blow them out. Uh, Ohio State is number four in the nation. Michigan State is number seven. And the number six. Football. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they should be above Michigan, that's for sure. The ESPN Football Power Index gives Ohio State an 86.3% chance of winning this game. It's crazy. I, I mean, I know Michigan State doesn't have a fantastic pass defense, but I think people are under it, underestimating like Big Ten heavyweight battles. Yeah, I think Michigan State relies heavily on Kenneth Walker III. I think Ohio State is a team that can take away Kenneth Walker III. And beyond that, Michigan State doesn't have a whole lot. We hope so. If we remember, the reason we did lose to Oregon is because they just ran left on us the whole time. Sweep left, sweep left, sweep left. Exactly. So, if, like you say, if because we've proven like we've changed the defense, right? Mm-hmm. This will be the proving moment if we really have, if it's effective. Yeah, Oregon beat Ohio State the same way I beat Jared when we play Madden. I just call the same play over and over again. Run left, it's run ridiculous. left, run left, run left. Yeah, and then I'd try and throw the ball, and my quarterback would just do quarterback evade five times. For context, we're talking about like Madden 14 on the Wii. On the Wii. Yeah. This Very is- important it's on the Wii. <laughs> yeah. So Jared's sitting there trying to you know toss the Wii remote. You know, you got to actually move the Wii remote for them to throw the ball. And man, it was not working. It was not working. If you have a Wii, break it out and play it. Because if you haven't played the Wii in a while, you forget how fun it was. Yeah. It was amazing. It's really underrated. Like the college football games, Madden. I remember playing Lego Star Wars. Dude, good stuff. I will say, though, if you are if you are going to play Madden on the Wii, turn off all play. Or there will oh be a gosh. fumble every single play. I'm not even kidding you. Every <laughs> single play, there will be a fumble, an interception, something. Turn off all play. Yeah. Uh, we should do like a video game segment. We just talk about sports video games because <laughs> we have a lot of content about that. We do have a lot of content about that. Maybe you can maybe you can catch our stream. We'll stream oh. Madden 14 on the Wii. <laughs> Heck yeah! 
I'm sure you guys would love to see that. Oh, yes. Uh, what are some other games that you'll be paying close attention to this weekend, moving back into the real football world? Okay, so Ohio State, Michigan State, obviously. Mm-hmm. And as far as the other ones, there's one I know you're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. the one that sticks out to me is going to be Wake Forest, Clemson. Ooh, okay. Wake Forest took their first L, their number 10, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they lose again, I'm sure they'll drop below BYU. Yeah. But mm. I hate Clemson, so I don't want to root for them. If Clemson wins, Wake Forest falls probably out of New Year's Six contention. BYU can take that spot. And Wake Forest, like, I would usually worry about this because I don't want Clemson to, like, somehow make it to the the division championship, whatever. I think they're already out of the race. Yeah. If they would still be a game behind Wake Forest, even if they beat them. So as long as Wake Forest didn't lose to Boston College next week. They'd be fine. You have to remember, Wake Forest is still 6-0 and in conference play because their loss came against <laughs> technically what's technically a non-conference game because it was scheduled across conferences and whatever. So Clemson is 5-2 and in conference. Wake Forest is 6-0. and If Clemson beats them, Wake Forest will still be in the lead by one game. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the one I've got my eye on. What about you? The game I have my eye on is Oregon at Utah. This is going to be a massive game, and it has huge implications for BYU. Right now, Oregon is in the playoff picture. If they take one more L, they are out. For sure. They are not putting a two-loss Pac-12 champion in the playoffs. (laughs) So they are going to take the Rose Bowl spot. Because at the end of the year, I think Oregon will be ranked ahead of us just because, you know, the brand name. Definitely. They have that win against Ohio State. Definitely. All that, you know. I think Oregon, if they're ranked let's say seven or eight or whatever above us and they take the Rose Bowl spot, they they take away that spot. That would be huge for us because we do not want a team that's ranked below us in Utah jumping up and taking a New Year's Six bid. Right. Because they have the automatic qualifier with the Pac-12 ties and the Rose Bowl and everything. Which is dumb. So we want... This sounds really blasphemous, but we... Okay, I'm not going to say the other one. We want Oregon to lose. <laughs> right, right, but... We don't need them to lose this game. If Oregon lose. were to lose against Oregon State in the Civil War next week, mm. they could end up beating Utah and be okay with it. But take Oregon that as you will. Lose. This is one of the two games <laughs> left in the regular season that they could lose. We just need Oregon to lose. Yes. And they need to win the Pac-12 championship. Because if they lose to Utah in the Pac-12 championship, the Rose Bowl is going to take Utah because they're the Pac-12 championship. So let's move on to our picks. The picks that we have for this week, as you know, we pick 10 picks every single week. We try to compete against each other. Right now, Jared is in the lead with 51 and 39 on the year. I am following close behind at 50 and 40. Very, very slim lead. Danny is at 48 and 42. The fans are currently at five and a half and four and a half with the technicality there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's kind of weird. So what do you say we start out with our upset picks and get this thing kicked off? All right. Uh, my upset pick, I'm not in love with it, but Air Force is getting one and a half at Nevada. Mm. Air Force, very good team. Nevada obviously lost to San Diego State, who's a very run-heavy team. Mm-hmm. I think Air Force will cover the spread and win outright at Nevada. Interesting. My pick, I feel like I'm robbing candy from a baby here. I know this is going to be a tough game, and a lot of people are predicting in, uh, are predicting that Kansas State will win. But Baylor is a one-point dog at Kansas State. Huh? Mm-hmm. Baylor, a top-15 team in the nation, <laughs> is a one-point dog at unranked Kansas State. They are feisty. Baylor has had problems with them in the past. True. But I think Baylor will win outright 
and I will take home a three-point victory. I think that's guaranteed three points for you. <laughs> Dan is taking Colorado plus six and a half versus Washington. That's a pretty good pick. I like that one. I mean, I think that's at least a guaranteed one point. I think that Colorado will absolutely cover that spread against Washington. For sure. Washington is in absolute shambles right now. Dumpster fires. And they just fired their coach, too. Oh, yeah. So Yeah. No, I think that one's pretty safe as well, Dan, if you're listening. Of course he is. We love you, Dan. We love you. Okay. Should we move on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Oh, uh, yep. All right, so we're going into our uh, tiddly 10, and we are going to make our picks. And later, after you've listened to this, you need to go to our Instagram and vote on the games. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, we will take it together, we'll make the graphic, put it out, blah, blah, blah. Right? So, let's start off. First game is probably the biggest game. 10 a.m., ABC, number 7, Michigan State, at number 4, the... Ohio State University. Dan and this one is going with the Ohio State University. I am also going with the Ohio State University. I don't think Michigan State has a chance in this game. I think Ohio State's going to win handedly. Yep, I agree. Uh, I hope that it is close for one quarter so that I can feel the shoe rocking, and then we win by 50. Ooh, oh, that's nice. Here's a good question for you. If Ohio State wins, do they jump Oregon? Um, I'm not sure. Oregon would also, if they won, would also Ooh. have a ranked victory this week. True. In a way, ranked victory. So I don't think so. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Alrighty. Next up, let's see if we can get some parody on this one. <laughs> we got Texas at West Virginia. Texas is an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, First meme that comes to your head when you think of Texas. Probably that gift that you always send with the dumpster that's on fire that's floating away floating in the blood. The river. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one I think of. Or maybe, I don't know, just, yeah, no, Texas just sucks. Okay. I'm thinking Michael Jordan Cryface. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, um, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of just a horns down emoji. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, or the Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar where he's like watching the TV and he starts crying and he's like, no, no. <laughs> yep, that's exactly the one. That's pretty good. Uh, who do you think's winning this one? I'm going to be honest. I think Texas is an absolute dumpster fire. I think that their team has just given up. There's obviously discord between the coaches, especially the defensive coaches oh, yeah. and the players on the team. I don't know what's going to happen here. Texas is sitting at a precarious spot, four and six, fighting for bowl eligibility. but. I think they get knocked out of bowl eligibility talks. I think West Virginia takes home the dub in this game. Oh, yikes. Uh, I I really don't know how to feel about this one. Because, yes, Texas is an absolute shambles. They are, like, knocked back against the ropes. Like, what's that guy's name in the Rocky movie? Just boom, 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 You know, boom. like uh, Creed 2, when Creed 2 is just wailing on the Russian dude. Yep. Yeah. Creed, t- Creed is the entire FBS and the Russian dude getting the crap beat out of him. That's Texas, Texas, the university of Texas. I think Texas has fight in them, but I don't know if it's going to come out. I'm going to go with West Virginia, but I'm not feeling great about it. Dan does think the fight's going to come out. He thinks that Texas will stay in the mix of bowl eligibility. He's picking Texas to win this game. Alrighty. Next up, we have a game that is very interesting. It's the game 
that is kind of spicy, kind of a little bit spicy, I that the committee is really hoping will be very <laughs> spicy. They got their fingers crossed. We got SMU at number five, Cincy, who is a 12-point favorite. Who do you think is taking this one home? This one is really interesting because SMU is a good team. They mm-hmm. should be ranked. They absolutely should be ranked. Arkansas has no business being in the top 25. I think Cincy needs to watch out because especially given the way they've been playing, they've been flirting with disaster the last couple of weeks. I think Cincy pulls it out, but I think SMU covers that 12-point spread. I think it's going to be a 45-48 to game. I think that's fair to say. I think Cincy is going to win. This is one of the games that the committee is really hoping that Cincy loses so that they don't have to put them in the playoff. (laughs) I think Cincy is going to slap the committee in the mouth and actually come out covering the spread in this game. Wow. Interesting. Dan is also picking Cincy to take home the dub, so we got a clean sweep right there for the podcast. Lock Infinity, we're all saying Cincinnati. Which, either bet for that or against it, depending mm. on what you think about us. Yeah, probably against. <laughs> Next up, we got uh, Big Noon Kickoff, or Big Noon Saturday, whatever the heck it is. And we got Iowa State at number 13, Oklahoma. Oklahoma is at home, but they're only a four-point favorite. Iowa State... They beat Oklahoma State, giving them their only loss this season. Can they beat another Oklahoma team? Okay, I just need to remind myself. It's Iowa State, not Oklahoma State. For whatever <laughs> reason, I had in my head that the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game was going to be this week. Um, Here's the thing. Do I trust Oklahoma as an elite team? No. Mm. Does Iowa State suck? Yes. yes. Iowa State is not great. I think Oklahoma... They've been flirting with disaster the past few weeks. I mean, they just took an L. Caught him in the butt. Yeah. Took a really fat L. I think this is their time to bounce back and say, no, we are legit. I think they are going to beat this Iowa State team by at least two touchdowns. Interesting. Uh, Dan says Oklahoma? Question mark. Question mark? Big question mark there. So, uh, yeah, that's your pick, Dan. Um, I'm going with Iowa Saint. Mm. Now, I know... Iowa Saint is not a good team. They're overhyped. But this is one of those games that they win so that everybody starts talking to, about them again and saying, oh, Matt Campbell or blah, blah, blah. They're, they're a good team. Brock Bryce Purdy. Hall, Brock Purdy. And I do not think Oklahoma knows what to do with the quarterback position. Mm. We've heard we want Caleb Chance. We've heard we want Spencer Chance. And both of them suck. So I'm saying... Iowa State comes out against a kind of ill-prepared and confused Oklahoma team and pulls out a very close win. Interesting. Next up, we got another interesting game that we have already kind of talked about. Number 10, Wake Forest going in to Death Valley. Air quotes. <laughs> Big air quotes there. Yep. To watch Dabo Sweeney run strangely out of a tunnel. Well, playing run is a sprint. <laughs> The dude was sprinting out of that tunnel. I don't know. <laughs> Playing Clemson. Clemson is a four-point favorite in this game. Dan is picking Wake Forest to win this game. He thinks Wake Forest is going to get the upset, even though they're top 10. So the fact that I don't, yeah. upsets are weird. I agree with him. Uh, I've picked Clemson in the past to win games against ranked teams because I thought that they were going to pull it out. I picked them to beat NC State. What did they do? Lose to NC State. So I will not pick Clemson again. Clemson sucks. Wake Forest wins this game. I'm going with you. Uh, This reminds me a lot of the Pitt-Clemson game. Pitt has a good offense. 
decent defense. Clemson has a great defense. No Absolute offense. like negative offense, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I think Wake Forest has a really bad defense. And so this might be a little more high scoring. People think it might be like a 30s game, 20 high 20s, low 30s. But I think Wake Forest is going to pull it out just because I saw Clemson, you know, they were unable to keep up with Pitt. I don't think they'll be able to keep up with Wake Forest, who I think has better offense. Next up, we have a very interesting game, the ESPNU Game of the Week. Yes! The University of Louisiana Lafayette is taking a trip to Liberty. The Raging Cajuns are taking on the Liberty Flames. Liberty is a four-point favorite in this game. Who are you giving the edge to? Uh, see, this one's a hard one for me, because I think Liberty has a lot of untapped potential. Um, also, why is Louisiana not ranked? They've won nine in a row. After losing to Texas week one, they've won nine in a row. I don't understand it. Don't know. I think Louisiana's way better than people give them credit for. They're taking home the dub. Who are you taking? Um, Here's the thing. Louisiana's on a hot streak. They are playing good football. They absolutely blew out App State, who is a very good football team. Let me read you off how Liberty's done in the past little bit. Oh, boy. They beat UMass by a lot. Beat North Texas, the University of North Texas, by nine. And lost to Louisiana Monroe by three. Okay, that is not a good loss. Yeah, so I'm saying that Liberty is all fluff, no real flavor. They're getting the hype because of their quarterback. I think it's all fake. Louisiana's going to win this game. I agree. Uh, Danny is going with Liberty. Okay. I wish we knew his... Uh, I, 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 I just don't know. I mean, Hugh Freeze... I know he's a big believer in Malik Willis, I guess. Yeah, Malik Willis is good. I just think he needs a little bit more coaching. Yeah, but Dan's going with Liberty, 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 Liberty. Next up is a fantastic game. I love, love, love this game. Uh, UCLA three-point favorites at USC. This is the classic, like, besides BYU-Utah, this is the game where both teams wear their home jerseys. They play each other. Like, this is a fantastic West Coast battle, right? Might not be meaning as much this year just because neither team's very good. It's still going to be chippy. Uh-huh. But, I see um, what you did there. Huh? And it's going to be a great game. I'm going to go with UCLA. I know I want USC to win. I My heart wants USC to win. But I think UCLA is going to win the game just because I've seen nothing that I believe in in USC. I, man, I am very torn on what to do here. Um, I'm thinking about flipping. I originally Uh-oh. had picked UCLA. Uh-oh. Um, let, let me just say something. Last time that I flipped, last like three times I've flipped, it's been bad. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's the thing. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pick UCLA. Okay. This is a big battle. This is not nearly as meaningful as it used to be because both of the teams are not that good. UCLA was good at the beginning of the year. USC was never good. USC's been struggling the last little bit. They're still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Their interim head coach is playing two different quarterbacks, even though Jackson Dart is playing significantly better so than the other better. quarterback than I Keaton really Slotus, don't I think that. his name is, right? Yeah, I don't understand that. I think that DTR is going to come into the Coliseum in front of all like 2,700 fans that will be in attendance, and he is going to win. UCLA takes on the dub, and Dan looks like he agrees. We have a podcast sweep on this one as well. Everyone's picking UCLA. Next up is another fantastic game. This one really is like just candy, right? Like, this is baby candy. Um, is that a phrase? I don't 
Yeah, sure. No. Sure. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. Baby, baby candy is, is a good thing. Coined. Let's talk seal of approval. Yes. Just like Iron Man's little daughter and Pepper Potts. If you know, you know. Sorry. <laughs> this is not at all similar, but... Everybody go on the BYU football page and comment baby candy. Yep. This if you is do baby. it, we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> um, Arizona State, minus three at Oregon State. Huge game. Arizona State and Oregon State are kind of like the same team, kind mm-hmm. of. Winning games that they have no business winning and losing games that they should be winning. Um, great game. It's going to be up at Oregon State, so expect it to be cold and rainy. I'm going to go with Arizona State. They just came off a big win at Washington. I think they're going to get it done at Oregon State. Here's the thing. With Arizona State, we have no clue which team is going to show up. The team that looks unstoppable or the team that gets 70,000 penalties and turns turns the ball ball over. over. Oregon State is legitimately looking like it might be an incredible team, but then it goes on and loses dumb games. Yeah. Loses the Cal, loses the Colorado, but then beats Stanford, beats Utah, beats Washington. (laughs) What? This team is very strange. Oregon State's playing at home. I think we're going to see the Arizona State team coming off of a high, coming off of a win where they scored 21 straight to win, come off a little sloppy, and I think Oregon State is going to take on this victory. It's a good point. It's Looks like point. I am the lone ranger, though, because Dan is also taking the Sun Devils. Interesting, because this the game will definitely not be in the Sun. In fact, it'll be like the farthest from the Sun you could probably get. Yeah. But also, this game is going to be an all-time uniform matchup. Neither team has released what they're wearing yet, but holy crap. The Oregon State homes, like the black and the orange, and then you got Arizona State with the bright yellows and the maroons, the white. Very good matchup. Oh, oh! Looks like they might. Arizona State might have. Did they? They did announce their. Uh, I'm trying to look at the uniform, but it's on ArizonaCentral.com. It's trying to make me subscribe. Oh, of course. Well, I wish I could see it, but I cannot log on to ArizonaCentral.com. Oh, here it is, ArizonaSports.com. Oh. Sun Devils to wear froze gold jersey. Oh, shoot. All white with yellow gloves and yellow helmets, yellow shoes. I like that. That's kind of what they were wearing against Washington, and it worked in the torrential downpour there. Maybe it'll work this week, I guess. They're sitting in a packaged ice container. I'm not sure if they did that for the photo or just because it's Arizona and it was too hot and (laughs) the players would have gotten heat stroke without it. It's probably, probably both. Now, let's stay in the Pac-12 for a second to the last game. We have the game that we had already talked about being huge for BYU's New Year's Six implications. Number three, Oregon, going on to take, a, take on number 23, Utah, in Salt Lake City, who was favored by three points. This game is really interesting. The Utah jerseys, I'm not going to say it. I, you know, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say, go look at the jerseys and draw your own conclusions. Mm-hmm. Oregon's jerseys, I'm not sure what they're wearing. I don't know if they're It's Oregon. They're going to be wearing something funky. Yeah. So this is, again, going to be an all-time uniform matchup. Uh, I don't know, really, because Utah is good at home. They're better at home than they are on the road, obviously. But I think I'm going to go with the Ducks here, just because Utah, they haven't beaten anybody good yet. Everybody's high on them, but they haven't beaten a good team. So I'm going to go... With the Oregon Ducks. Oh, it looks like they are wearing black and silver, which is going to look actually really good with the black and silver that Utah has. Mm-hmm. 
That's going to be a fun game. Uh, colorblind people are going to love that one. Yep. At least the Oregon's wearing a bunch of white, though. Yeah. White uh, jerseys, white pants. That's good. Anyway, I'm going with the Ducks. I think they get it done. And I hope and pray they lose to Oregon State next week. I am also going to go with the Ducks in this game. I think that Oregon is looking to prove that it belongs in the top four. It wants to make the playoff, and I think it'll make a statement win against Utah. Utah's been playing well with their new quarterback. Obviously, well, you know, their old quote-unquote new. Their old quarterback kind of helped us out, so shout-out to him. We love him. He <laughs> walked away from the program. But, uh, yeah, I think Oregon's going to win this game. I don't think the Utes have a chance. Yeah. Dan's also going with Oregon. Who knows why? Dan. Okay, that's why. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Appreciate yep. it. You guys all heard that, right? Yeah. I don't know, maybe sure there was did. a microphone malfunction or something. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway. Next game, best game. 2 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Find somebody who has ESPN+, Plus so you can watch this game. Number 14, BYU at Jaja Southern. Jaja Southern. Um, BYU's going to win. Yeah, I don't, simple. I, I don't think this is a question. I said BYU. Jared said BYU. Dan said BYU. We could kind of make it interesting and pick against the spread, but BYU covers. I'm yeah. going with covers. We're going with covers. Okay. Uh, I don't know how I'd feel because I don't think Kalani's going to run up the score. But if we can get up like plus twenty or thirty, I don't know. So cover or no cover? Ah, I don't know. Because Georgia Southern isn't the team that's going to give us a lot of possessions. I'm going to say cover just because it's fun to root for the cover instead of root for not covering. Um, and Dan, we're going to say Dan. We'll text him. Yeah. He he bet the over. Let's say Dan bet the over. With Cheez-Its. With Cheez-Its, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Obviously, mm-hmm. yep. obviously Cheez-Its. Anyway. So that wraps it up. Uh, go vote on our Instagram. Go do the fan vote. It'll be up by the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. So uh, go do that. It'll be all day Thursday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, oops. Whoopsies. Yeah. But it'll be up on our story all day Thursday. Uh, yeah. Go vote. Go uh, and then we'll post the thing and you'll see how you did. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk podcast. Make sure you check out that poll at Let's Talk Pod on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Twitter. Check out the Weekend Watch Guide, letstalkpodcast.com. Leave a review. If you leave a five-star review with a question or with some comment, we will share it here on the podcast or we will talk about your question. So we have that to look forward to. Yes. Share this episode with your friends and family if you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye.